Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, gluttonyers. Welcome to High Gluttony. How are you, Becca? Hello, Gretchen. I am excited for today. We've been feeling springy and talking about green things, of course, because we're always talking about weed. But we're going to make pea soup and a Parmesan crisp. We are elevating our crisp game today with the uh, Parmesan crisp and our, our spring foods game since we are making a spring pea soup not not like a wintry split pea soup we are making a fresh fresh pea soup so mm-hmm. mine's frozen but that seems to have <laughs> fresh frozen it's close enough, <laughs> close enough. Much me- better than using cans so <laughs> you're you're all good okay so we're gonna settle in for a little cocktail hour while we get excited to make our pea soup and parmesan crisp but what are you going to be smoking today while we have fun? So I stopped by my local shop Abide yesterday and picked up some new goodies. And I have this horchata, which is an indica leaning hybrid. And it's 22.9% THC. And the dominant terpene in, in this is myrcene. And then it has pinene and osamine are the secondary ones. I don't think we've talked about osamine before, so we'll see how uh, how that goes. <laughs> what are you smoking? That sounds super fun. Myrcene is also the dominant terpene and what I'm enjoying today. And I keep seeing a lot of terpenes popping up on things that you and I have never talked about before. So we're probably going to have to revisit terpenes. And also we were saying we need to learn how to read the labels. Like what, <laughs> what do these percentages mean versus the grams and all of this stuff? So maybe one day we'll talk about that, but I'm enjoying a pen. It's a heavy hitters pineapple express. It's got 88.7% THC and then myrcene, caryophylline and carine, C-A-R-E-N-E. Yeah. Don't know that one. Yeah. And maybe we're saying all these wrong. I don't know. <laughs> More research is needed. More research, of course. So I am feeling super good though. I'm jazzed about today and this weed is perfectly relaxing. It's a hybrid of, they're all kind of hybrids, but it's a hybrid and I'm loving it. I'm having fun. I'm also sipping on one of my favorite afternoon wines, which is a Pine Ridge Chenin Blanc and Viognier blend. It's delicious. Ah, so good. I am quite familiar, but their Chenin Blanc Viognier is is a, a big hit and one of my favorites as well. So good on you. But uh, I'm having some Forlorn Hope Verdejo. Uh, favorite, favorite. Another favorite. Yeah. Favorite. <laughs> Highly promoted by this podcast as a <laughs> tasty and delicious wine. And I've got it in my sweet little bunny glass that I brought back from the UK. Adorable. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. This will be my first time making a Parmesan crisp. The nice thing is that their Parmesan crisps are probably the easiest thing to bake ever. <laughs> Wonderful. 
I finally decided to stop torturing you with things that are way too complicated and just make something insanely easy today. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. (laughs) And you're going to talk to me about Parmesan, which I'm so excited about too. So this is the best day ever. I mean, I've already been snacking on Parmesan. I love Parmesan. (laughs) It goes hand in hand with my deep, deep love of Parma, Italy, and probably one of my favorite places I've been ever and would love probably love to go and every break I ever have from work for the rest of my life I would go to Parma <laughs> if I could but friends in Parma keep inviting yeah. Gretchen <laughs> I want to be there <laughs> all the time <laughs> okay what can you tell me about Parmesan where where should we start you want to do a little history Background first real quick? Yeah. okay perfect true Parmesan only has its origins in the Reggiano region of Italy. And Parmesan has become such a symbol of Italy that it's now a protected product Mm -hmm. and it has to have the PDO designation, the protected denomination of origin to confirm that this is like a valid Parmesan from Italy, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because we were talking about some version of this with olive oil. But the traditions around this cheese are maintained by a consortium of Parmesan, like a consortium for Parmesan, which is... Oh, oh it's very serious. They yeah, are very like, it, serious about it in Parma. sounds very silly and it's very serious and it's very important and I appreciate it because where would we be otherwise? All loosey-goosey Wild West with our Parmesans out there. You can find like fake Parmesans, but... You should really try and find the real thing because it is divine. (laughs) It is divine. So this consortium verifies that producers from the Reggiana region or the provinces of Parma, Reggio Emilia, Modena, Bologna, and Mantua, I think that's how you say it, follow established protection rules. Mantua. 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 And these rules really define all of the stages of the cheese making and quality assurance and knowledge promotion. And I thought that was pretty cool. And you had, you had a note on here that the original trademark was probably designed in 1612. Yeah. And it's still used today. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, so it looks like a little, I have a picture of it somewhere. I was like, do I have it hanging up right now? But it's like a a stamp. What they do is they go around after they've aged all the cheese and it like, they have to have like specific tests and all these things in order to be able to get that stamp of the protection place stamp. You know, (laughs) you can still get cheese from Parma uh, that is technically Parmesan, but it just hasn't met those like super strict high quality parameters and even in like batches of cheese you'd have different qualities yes on the quality right so yeah. you know they check every single wheel of cheese it's not even like you could like pull some shenanigans it is they're very very serious about it yeah it's a consortium for parmesan what <laughs> so i think i have was... a promotional cheese knife from them <laughs> of course you do I didn't have much more. I'm just really interested in the cheese making process, those stages that are very important to be maintained and what you would say is like ultimately the best Parmesan. Oh, all of them. (laughs) 
one thing that I had not really processed before is that Parmesan has actually been very famous since the Middle Ages. So this is a historically known product. This has been famous for a long, long time. Because <laughs> it's Thus, so delicious. It is so delicious. And they've got the method down to a perfect science. But obviously, this is a method that can be replicated anywhere. And they do because it's kind of the same for most hard cheeses. So even though the process is kind of similar to other hard cheeses, what do you think is unique about Parmesan? How does the process work start to finish? So our cows are where and what do they, what happens? Well, our cows are in the Parma region or in that, that Familia Romana region. And they have to be fed on green grass. You only make Parmesan during the times of year where there is green grass available. They are not allowed to be fed on anything other than fresh green grass. So that's number one. So you're making Parmesan typically from spring through maybe early fall, because that's when you have to start transitioning to them to like hay and things to get them through the winter. And you just don't make cheese from that milk during those times of year. It depends because that also might be the time of year when you kind of let your cows dry up a bit, you know? Sure. Because that would kind of follow the, you know, calves are born in spring. Then they have milk, you know, milk through the summer and fall to feed the babies. And then that sort of dries up around that time. Like you could, Hmm. yes, artificially produce, continue producing cheese throughout the entire year. What I think might be likely at this point is that there'd probably be producers that are just letting their cows rest during those times. I don't know. I'm not fully up on the dairy industry. Well, I just wondered if like you just give the cows a break then. You only are just making cheese from in those months. I didn't know that, that it had to be a very specific time of year that you start your Parmesan process. You also are using an evening milking and a morning milking's worth of milk to make your cheese. So they have the evening milking, which will sit overnight and then be skimmed for its cream. And then they'll add the milk from the morning milking to that at the full fat level. So they're making kind of a half fat situation. Okay. (laughs) Then that Milk is poured into a giant copper vat. So these vats are super cool. They're kind of funnel shaped more. So they have a wide part at the top and then they get narrowed down at the bottom. And that's because that's where the cheese settles. And that's then they will bring that cheese up from the bottom. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Getting to see the Parmesan process was so awesome. It's so exciting to be in the presence of that much cheese. And then get to taste all the cheese. (laughs) So evening milk is skimmed. Morning milk is added to that. And then it goes in a huge copper funnel, that thing. Yes. And the milk is then heated to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's when they add the rennet. And that comes from the lining of calf stomachs. Bad news is Parmesan cheese is not vegan. (laughs) Mm I mean, obviously it's not vegan, but it might Mm -hmm. like, Depending on strict of how strict of a vegetarian you are, you may need mm-hmm. to avoid them because mm-hmm. they have rennet from calf stomachs. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's gross to me. I still <laughs> eat it, but that's gross to me. It's probably not a lot. It's but not a lot. It's but they do make like good vegetable rennet and things like that. So I would think that a fair amount of producers would be using vegetable rennet, but 
then we could go into a whole conversation about sustainability and how if you're making babies as part of the dairy industry, you should be using those babies as part of the <laughs> food chain. We don't need to go down Ooh, that yes. that sidetrack. That would be uh, a real side quest. We're not we're not doing that right now. What does the rennet do? So that's what starts the the curdling process. Curdling is just the start of that separation of the milky parts and the protein parts of the cheese. Cut, is they, it cheese at this point because the rennet is added? No. Well, no, because you still got most of the whey in there, the the watery part. And it's only after that is really removed that you'd really consider it cheese. It looks a bit like you're making like a rice soup almost, because once they start to stir with this like huge whisk that breaks that curd up, because it, for the most part, it will form either a large clump or like larger clumps. And you want to break those up into small pieces because you are trying to make a hard cheese. Typically, softer cheeses, they don't break the curd up nearly as much as they do with like a hard cheese because they're trying to separate out as much whey as they can. And so that's breaking apart, physically breaking apart those structures so that the water, more water can be released. Okay. How big is the whisk? It's huge. Like it's like, (laughs) it's two handed. Like it looks cool. They're generally kind of like the whisk part. It looks more like a cage. Interesting. So it's kind of a kid, like, I mean, it definitely looks like a whisk, but it's more of like a round ball. And so they kind of just put that in there and like, cool. (laughs) It looks like rice soup by the time they've broken it up enough to get it to do, to release that water. So once they've gotten that pretty well broken up, they will start heating the mixture again to bring it up to 113 degrees slowly. And once they get there, they then heat it up again in order to encourage the cheese to fully separate from the whey. Okay. Two heats. Two heats. Actually like three heats because they've got, yeah, got your first heat, your second heat and your third heat. Then pretty much they just sort of let everything settle. Like turn off the heat at that point, if I'm remembering correctly. And everything settles down and then they use like a big paddle and they kind of go around the edges because it'll float eventually. So you have to let it settle so that it forms kind of a solid block on the bottom of that mm-hmm. funnel thing. Of the uh-huh. bottom of the funnel. And then, so they take this long paddle and they kind of work around the edges to loosen it up. And eventually it'll kind of float to the top. And then what they do is they take this huge piece of fabric and bring it under the, like, it's so amazing. The skill these guys have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's like pretty all solid. Like they've got, they all around the side and then the things beautifully like just rises to the surface it's so fucking cool <laughs> i bet oh my gosh and the smell and the smell amazing yeah mm. and so they bring this sheet of linen underneath to lift it out of the, the way and it's this is almost always done by two men every all tradition all the people, yeah i mean Quote. it's heavy like that's uh, it's 132 sure. pounds of cheese that they're lifting out it's a, a huge dream. amount yeah <laughs> each wheel is about what is that 60 something pounds so you have this huge chunk of cheese and then they split this and they're like really good at like cutting it directly in half people will apprentice in cheese making of parma for years like people get into it and they just stay in it for like their entire lives it's kind of crazy I wanted to interject one quick thing, which is that Seth Rogen just started a company of apprenticeships for cannabis, like oh. career paths. So I thought that oh. was cool. Oh, that's yeah. smart. 
So they divide it in half. Then they have these lined molds. These two pieces of cheese go into these two molds. And then they like wrap it and then they press it. So like they're forcing more of the way out. And they let those set. I don't remember exactly how long it sits because they let it start to develop a rind. And I do think that happens fairly quickly, especially with your drier types of cheeses is that they, st- they definitely start to develop that rind a lot sooner. But the thing that really blew my mind when I went to Parma <laughs> was that they brine the cheese. They don't add salt like during the, the making of the cheese. Like the cheese is fully formed. And then once it starts to develop a rind, they put it into a brine bath for three to four weeks and they like flip it once, once or twice a day in this brine. It's a literal brine bath. Like they, they are floating in water. Yum. I'll have to dig up a picture. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like all these cheeses are floating. And then, so like you get that really intense saltiness because it like just slowly permeates through the cheese. That's so interesting. So as it's like hardening, it's also absorbing all this salt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, you should be. It's delicious. So they leave the the cheese in the brine for three to four weeks. And then they dry them out and put them into aging. And so you have to age them for at least 18 months. So if you see anything that's under 18 months, it's never going to have, you know, that certified seal. Mm. So that's typically what you find when you call it something called just Parmesan. It's a not so much, not so aged. I see. So probably the process is all the same. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're trying to get it out the door a little faster. Right. Cause most, cause there's a lot of consumers that either they want that younger cheese or they just don't care. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't need it to be super well-aged, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good enough. That's Parmigiano Reggiato Fresco. <laughs> That's the fresh one. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the baby. Then Anything from 18 to 24 months, we'll say Vecchio. It's Vecchio is old and Strava Vecchio is very old. Very old. Okay. (laughs) Got it. So the older the cheese, the the higher the price tag. I think I came across a website in my research that had, they had things and they were selling them at kind of every stage where it was like 18 months, 24 months, 30 something months, 40 something months. And they, they do... In Parma, they're this this picky about it because they have preferences as far as what age Parmesan they use in what dish. It's very awesome. And and some some of it's just preference, obviously. Do you think they even get as specific as like the vintage, like the way people do with wine? That's a really good question. Because you wouldn't be able to like hold because you can only age them as a full wheel. So like as soon as you cut it, that then it's done. That's that you're not aging it anymore. So it's not like you could have like a, a super vintage cheese. Like you wouldn't necessarily be tracking like flavor year if, to year, you know, like right, be like the 2020 right. Parmesan was right. so amazing. The growing season was incredible. <laughs> the cows yeah. were so happy. <laughs> but that definitely is something to think about going forward. Anyway, <laughs> leave it to us. Leave it, leave it to you to ask that you always ask me a question that I have zero answer for so well I have another question okay. what is the cheese in the like can of parmesan at the 
grocery store. You mean craft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming, because I don't obviously know all of their corporate secrets there over there at craft, <laughs> that they make a young Parmesan cheese. A fresco. A fresco. So they're just, you know, making it, aging it for the bare minimum amount of time. Hang on one second. Let me see if the internet has any answers for us. Here we go. Does Kraft Parmesan cheese have sawdust in it? <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot about. It's a food safe additive called cellulose. So people were like, because cellulose just seem, is pretty much just a fiber of some sort. But if, so if you call it cellulose, people were like getting all up in arms about sawdust in their Parmesan cheese. Like, no, that's not. That's not a, that's not what's happening. (laughs) Of course, all the internet results are for buying it, not (laughs) how do they make it? I'm assuming they're just making something similar. It's not like they've got like the DOP stuff, like. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Not consortium approved, but still kind of delicious. It's, It's a version of Parmesan cheese. It's just. Okay cheaply produced and they probably don't care about what time of year they're producing it i'm sure they're not <laughs> making it to those standards mm-hmm. yeah you do have to be aware aware that you can get fake parmesan cheese your stuff that you're buying is labeled properly as with there's, anything these days there there's a scam there's some sort of scam to it so <laughs> stay vigilant <laughs> gluttony ears <laughs> be vigilant on your parmesan cheese <laughs> So we're going to make a little crisp out of that delicious Parmesan that takes a while to get to our door. Yes. Going to be, going to be tasty and delicious. We are doing a soup with garnish. We're trying to make something with a garnish people. Let's see if I can get the garnish on the soup. This is a problem (laughs) for me is garnishing stuff. (laughs) I am not good at it. What are, what recipes are we going to be using today to do our pea soup and garnish of a crisp? Well, my, much to my chagrin, we went with the Giada de Laurentiis Parmesan crisp recipe because one, I don't think that we can argue with her Parmesan crisp recipe. So for once, I can't argue with Giada. <laughs> and for our soup, we are basing this off of Better Homes and Gardens spring pea soup recipe, which caught my attention because it has tarragon in it. And as a lover of tarragon, I am always interested in having an opportunity to eat more, more tarragon. So So you mentioned tarragon. I'll read through the rest of the ingredients. Okay. We're going to be using five cups of shelled peas. As I mentioned, mine are frozen. Do you have fresh peas, Gretchen? I got fresh peas from Trader Joe's, which I came home, opened them and poured them out and they're in a little bit of rough shape and starting to sprout. So oops. Not ideal. I maybe should have gone with the frozen, but I was like, oh, fresh. Failed to notice that there were some not so nice looking ones in there. Anyway, piece of your choice, five cups of them, two 14 ounce cans of chicken broth. I'm using vegetable broth and Gretchen has a fun hell or good thing going over there. You mean I mixed two different bouillons together that my imported, as I keep calling it, my imported bouillon that I brought back from the UK. Your self-imported bouillon cubes. Because <laughs> I swear they're better over there. <laughs> and then two small or one large head of Boston or Bib lettuce. I have butter lettuce, which I think. Me too. Is- I didn't oh God, see Boston or Bib. So I was like, butter, kind of all the same. Perfect. 
and that's torn into small pieces. Gretchen said any lettuce here would do probably a, any mild lettuce. She mentioned iceberg or romaine too. Then we've got 12 green onions sliced. Ours are loosely sliced. Gretchen will talk us through this later, but we're going to blend most of this stuff up. So she said, don't spend a lot of your time cutting those. Then three tablespoons of that delectable little tarragon. This is fresh tarragon. One and a half to two cups of a dairy, either half and half light cream or milk. Gretchen's using heavy cream and I have whole milk. And then salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, we're going to cut up six slices of French bread. I probably won't do six, but thank no. you for the suggestion. <laughs> I copied and pasted from the recipe. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, you're French, good. <laughs> French bread to the appropriate level for your consumption. <laughs> this recipe calls for two ounces of prosciutto cut into thin strips and a third cup of crumbled feta. And then optionally, you can add fresh tarragon sprigs. And then our additional ingredient is Parmesan cheese. So we're not doing that feta. And are you doing prosciutto? I am doing prosciutto because, you know, anytime to eat prosciutto. Plus it's on theme with our Parmesan because if it's, this is obviously just cheap Trader Joe's prosciutto, which I do love. Used to be prosciutto de Parma is not anymore. The whey part of Parmesan cheese, historically to be true prosciutto from Parma, prosciutto de Parma, they are fed on the way from the Parmesan production. And so you always find dairies with pigs. They're <gasps> always together in that region. And my the first time I was there, my guide was so impressed that I knew that. <laughs> she was like, oh, oh, you know. I was like, yes, I fucking love this. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. I even got to see it. And I was like, oh, you're making me so happy right now. <laughs> Then we went to the produce, prosciutto producer later. So that was nice. Parmesan and prosciutto dreams. Oh. <laughs> I'll dig up okay. some, some pictures from, from that trip. I ha- I'm sure Please. I have some somewhere. Yes. And then what special equipment will we need today to make our crisp and soup? So we have the recipe recommends a Dutch oven. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm pretty sure you can just do this in a pot. I'm using my Dutch oven, but if you do not have one, a pot will work. Then you need a stick blender or a regular blender and a sheet pan and a sill pat. She's, now, Giada, the one thing we will say is that Giada did mention that it has to be a sill pat. Pretty sure I agree with her just because the silicon actually has a bit of an, a heat evening quality to it because it's thicker than parchment. So it evens the heat out a little bit. And just makes it a little bit easier to get like consistently cooked through. Okay. Plus it's nonstick. So we, we love that about sure. it. So you don't have to have to do it, but it probably results in a, it, a more desirable outcome. I was going to say more better, but yes, more, more better. Is the better. <laughs> Talk me through our steps then. We're going to put our peas and our broth together in the pan. We'll let that or Dutch oven or Dutch oven. Let that come to a boil, cook it for a few minutes just until the peas really look kind of bright green and fairly well cooked. Then we're adding our lettuce and our green onions, letting that cook for another five to six minutes just till all that's cooked through. If you'd like to take some peas out to add as a garnish to the top of the soup, you may. But obviously, as soon as you puree it, it gets a lot harder. So take them out. (laughs) It won't look the same. You're going to puree it. Then we are putting it back into the pot 
if you're taking it out of the pot or if you leave it in the pot, still in the pot, we're going to add some dairy, your dairy product to it and heat gently. Don't want to boil it to make your soup break. And while that's heating, we're going to make our Parmesan crisps. So we have our oven preheated to 400 degrees. We've grated our cheese. You're going to want some long strip kind of grating, not like you could do the thick, you could do thick grates if you wanted to, but I did skinny. That's what I've always used for this sort of thing. And you're just going to take about a tablespoon of the Parmesan and scoop it onto your sulpat and tap it down a little bit and then pop it in the oven for three to five minutes until it looks golden brown and crispy. I love it. What's your expectation of how long this will take us? Oh, well, how long will this take us? My expectation is to be able to finish this in 30 minutes. Woohoo! Should we try to time ourselves officially? <laughs> yes. Are we ready to step inside the homestead? Let's get to it. Yay. Sorry, I'm just sorting my peas a little bit here. Okay. Making sure they're full of green penis. <laughs> I think I already regret not buying frozen peas. Really? I mean, definitely wouldn't have to be looking through them. They pretty much quality control at the factory. Good point. Put our peas in. We've added our 28 ounces of broth to, to the mix. And now I'm about to turn on my burner. What temperature or heat? Uh, medium, medium mm-hmm. high. Yeah. What's your pea to liquid ratio? I feel like I have too many peas. Mine looks okay. I'm actually short a cup of my peas though. So I might add some more broth. I mean, you can't go too wrong. You can always try and get the water to evaporate later. Good point. Have you grown peas? Never as successfully as I would like. (laughs) (laughs) Is it hard? No, actually like peas are stupid easy. (laughs) Can you see your liquid over the bees? Okay. That looks good. That looks about straight. I did add some more liquid and take some peas out. I actually ended up taking out this much peas. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. It just felt like overwhelming. Especially when we get that lettuce and the Mm -hmm. green onions in here. Do you think the lettuce is just to kind of thicken it a little bit or is it a flavor thing? It's so interesting to see like a blended lettuce in a soup. How funny because I was just going to make a comment about that. (laughs) I think Lettuce as a soup ingredient kind of, I was like, it's fucking weird because lettuce is usually at its best in a raw application. Like cooking lettuce is sort of silly. Except for romaine. Romaine does kind of lend itself to cooking because it can be a little bit bitter. I've seen like a grilled romaine or, well, I guess I was thinking radicchio too, but that's pretty different from just a lettuce. That's a chicory and we can get into that at a different point. So I think it's mostly a filler. Like it's to bulk the soup up but without adding a lot of flavor, especially because mm. we're using something really mild, which is why I was like, yeah, if you, you can't find, you know, Boston bib or butter, like those would probably be my top three choices. Mm-hmm. Iceberg would be equally as neutral, have mm-hmm. the same sort of water content. Cause I think that's also a part of what they're getting, they're getting out of that. Sure. A, a green ingredient you can add in. That's not going to take away or add anything too much. Have we talked about lettuce on this? It has a lot of nutrients. No, I don't think we've really talked about lettuce at all. Oh, did we start timing? No, we of course did not start timing. So let's start now. Shit. A five minutes in? Maybe, but I'm not even boiling yet. I did start the timer now. So we'll have some idea. I'm not boiling either. They're very pretty. Yeah, it's nice looking right now. Hello, you pretty little peas. 
yeah. So you've got, you're adding lettuce to add greenery. You're adding green onions, green onions to add greenery. Super bright, super green. Super spring. Pairs well with weed. Oh, super Pairs spring. well with weed. Yeah. Super spring. <laughs> Yay, weed. <laughs> Yay, weed. Uh, and no salt and pepper till the end. Just like Parmesan. Nope. Just got high again. Let's see how that increases the difficulty. This whole endeavor did we say world level for this oh no probably because it's so easy that i think it's a world level (laughs) one okay but we'll see as we go and as we get high what that becomes yeah because we've decided we need that moving target of world level assessment although i feel like this is one of the ones where it's not going to matter how high we are it's still going to be a one it's it's too easy (laughs) if we fuck this up then i'm really going to be sad Well, coming off of potato chips, that was rough. That was a rough one, yeah. Ooh, boy. But soups, I love a blended soup. I'm so excited about this. Oh, I'm so excited. Too. I just, we're having a very spring-like day here. Like, abnormally mm. spring-like. It's actually cool and kind of gray and not that mm. warm. Like, like spring, like I remember in Michigan. You know, the days sure. are a little bit longer, but it's not that nice out yet. You don't really want to be outside. It's just not super cold. Nope. Yeah. It's a little overcast here today and it's been in the seventies. Oh, I'm bored standing here just staring at these peas, although they are starting to boil now. I have a little movement. Yeah. I am going to throw my green onions in because I'm boiling now. Okay. I turned my heat up because I'm not boiling yet. Okay. Okay. So the next is lettuce and green onions. Yeah. And I just put my green onions in to sit in there for a minute. Okay. I'm putting my green onions in because I'm impatient. (laughs) Yep. Go for it. I think it's fine. (laughs) If it's at least looking hot, you should be all right. Okay. How thick is this supposed to be? I'm still a little worried about my liquid to other stuff ratio. Well, don't forget, we're also going to add cream at the end. So, Oh, and that's a lot of cream. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to adjust it at that point. So, Okay. Thank you. Good reminder. Yeah. Don't, don't get too concerned, but if you kind of, if you don't want to, if you don't feel like adding that much cream, you can always go with more broth. If you're kind of trying to be a little bit healthier or something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) With my Parmesan crisp. Yeah. (laughs) But I take your point and I'll think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Just mentioning all the options. (laughs) A good friend and chef. Yes. I mean, come on. I let you, and and when we did the korma, I just didn't, I didn't force you to use your thing. We came up with another solution. (laughs) I know. That was very nice of you to not make me get my food processor out when I was just, I I was not capable of it. You were like, I'm not doing it. No, absolutely not. Don't make me. I have to mentally prepare myself for using the food processor. (laughs) When does the tarragon go in? After the second cook. So it is pretty fresh. It doesn't get blended or anything. Okay. No, no, it does. It does get. Oh, it does. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to turn my heat back up since I've got everything in there and it's not boiling right now. Mine still never boiled, but I feel like everything's. I've cooked. It's fine. Yeah. So Um, I'll put my lettuce in. Yeah, go for it. So I'm fully boiling. Okay. And all of your green stuff is in, right? Yep. Except for the tarragon. It's so bright. It's very pretty. All right, so next steps on this then are to let it cool a bit, blend it, put it back on the, for me, put it back in my pot, Mm -hmm. and then add the additional ingredients. 
heat again slowly. Right. So as soon as we turn it off, we add the tarragon. Oh, I see. Okay. Then we blend. Uh huh. Then we put it back in the pot and add the dairy. And add the dairy. Thank you. <laughs> well, maybe while we cool, we can set up our our parmesan for our crisps. Okay. Good idea. How many little crisps are you going to make? Well, since I have a bajillion cups of stuff, I mean, I might put 10 on this sheet pan. I can't kind of wish I knew what the end, how big the end product would be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pour a heaping tablespoon of Parmesan onto a silicone, oh, silicone or parchment lined. Okay. never mind. Oh. She said both. <laughs> oh, it does say a silicone high- baking sheet is highly recommended. Okay. Heaping tablespoons every half inch. So they're not, I don't think they're going to be very big. They should be about okay. an inch around. Okay. Quite a few. And just pat them down a little. Yeah. Soup smells killer right now. Yeah. So Can't fresh. Wait. So I think I'll have six. Well, since I'm just going to keep going with mine. <laughs> Sounds about right though. For heaping tablespoons. I'm finally boiling. So I'm turning it down. <laughs> you mean off? Off. Because I think we've, we've done the full cook time because we're okay. at 21 minutes. Total cook time is in regards to the recipe was 12. So okay. I think we're probably okay. Mission accomplished. So that cools. And then we blend. And then we blend. Oh, Tarion. Ah. In you go, more green stuff. Fantastic. Hello, spring. Hello, spring. Mm. I love peas. Me too. They're my favorite. Mm. Mm. Peas, Parmesan, prosciutto. I'm going to be in all the pea heaven later. <laughs> all the peas. All the peas. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break for some blending, and then we will be right back. And eating Parmesan. <laughs> and eating Parmesan, yeah. <laughs> we are blended up, ready to roll. <laughs> Lots of blending. I had to do three batches. It's a lot. It's a lot of blending. It's a lot of blending. We're turning our temperature back up to like low. Low, yeah, because you're going to just warm this a little bit. Because you're putting in cream. So you just want the cream to warm up slightly. And you already put your cream in. I am putting it in right now, yes. Okay. We did our Parmesan crisps, so we can put those in the oven too, if we'd like. Okay, let's do it. Well, I put, so I ended up putting probably close to the one and a half cups of cream in mine. Oh, it's very creamy. <laughs> yeah, I did about the same of milk. And that seems to be about the right consistency. Perfect. Pro tip, make sure your burner actually lights when you lit it. <laughs> did you put your crisps in? No, not yet. Uh, but I am going to put my crisps in now because they are ready to roll. Okay. Billion? Three to four minutes? Three to five. Three to five. I've got my great British baking show crouch going. Wondering if mine are too thick in the center. The edges are starting to go nice and bubbly. Excuse me while I narrate the entirety of the Parmesan (laughs) crisp production here. I'm salt and peppering my soup. Oh, good. Good idea. Oh, boy. You got it. I've got at least half of them that are going full bubble right now in the oven. Oh my gosh, full bubbles. Yeah. Fully, oh, fully yeah. Mel- okay. melted, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Interesting, it's all the ones in the middle. There are like three on the edges that are not doing jack shit. Oh, it's my edges that are crispier or cooking faster. Interesting. Maybe I should have put mine on convection bake. Ooh, wonder what that would have done. I don't know. <laughs> blown the air around some I guess (laughs) I don't know (laughs) starting to go brown around the edges 
Oh God, this is sexy. <laughs> Don't you ever just watch Chiefs cook and go, God, that's sexy? No, that's not something you say to yourself on a regular basis. Not sure I've had that thought. I've definitely looked at food and been like, well, that's very sumptuous. Not going full, full on for the descriptor of sexy. Yeah, I mean, that might cross a line in my head, but you know. <laughs> Damn work. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mine are all melted. So just like a dark brown is what we're looking for? Yeah, any any golden to dark brown. Once they look crispy, okay. you're, you're good to go. On our crisps. Oh. And your soup's on like a low heat still? Yep. Okay. Yep. Give it a stir. Barely we're closing in. On, we're closing in on the home stretch here. Yeah, 53 minutes. <laughs> you said 30. I did. We were chit-chatting. We were chit-chatting. And we had, ran into a little speed bump with uh-huh. you having to do three batches of pureeing. So mm-hmm. I I was thinking stick blender timing, not sure. Not blender three batches blender. of blending. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have to let it cool down so you can put it in the blender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gretchen was ready to go. She's like, well, I'm ready. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> mm, smells so good. So mine are kind of a toasty, starting to get in a, kind of a goldeny brown. I don't have brown yet. Just watching the fat separate out the oily parts, you know, I'm like, <laughs> where's that going to go? <laughs> Give it to Gretchen. Gretchen wants to eat it. You look like most when he's sitting at the gate trying to get food or something. Gretchen's yeah. like not only squatting, she's holding on to the bar right. and like the, her head is leaning my head on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> like taking in every second of what's happening. I have not moved from the front of the no. this oven. <laughs> no, you're riveted. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely at least at four minutes. It's not more like five. I think it's almost done. Okay. You're going to call it? I think so. Because okay. there just looks like the oil is separate. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Because really, once the cheese has gone brown, it's like... It's done. Yeah. Can you I see one. yours? Oh, beautiful. Give my super stir. Probably time for me to start adding some salt and pepper. See what this tastes like. I'm actually... Oh, I was like, I haven't added any salt yet. <laughs> yes, I have. In the you stock did. cubes. Oh, right. Like... This might have enough salt in it. Maybe a slight bit of more salt. Yeah, I had to add a fair amount for me. <laughs> right. I did oh, add I bou- bouillon, so. Right. Bulk it up in the beginning. I can smell my crisps. I bet they're going to be done soon. Yeah, if you can smell them, then they're probably pretty much there. Now comes the hardest part. Getting the crisps off without breaking them. Ooh, tricky, tricky. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think the silpat is might be essential here. Came right up. Yeah. I'm going to do a smidge longer on mine. Which I think I might have to put back in the oven for a minute. But mm. the nice thing is with the cheese crisp, it's fairly flexible as far as warming and rewarming. And tasting good, no matter tasting what. Tasting good, yeah. Nice thing is, is that I'll be able to eat these in like half a second. <laughs> oh, I just drooled on myself. <laughs> so good. Sounds mm-hmm. crispy. Mm-hmm. It is. I forgot to save peas for a garnish. Yeah, me too. I've got one garnish. We've got Parmesan crisp. Can you see these? What do you think? I think you probably need a little more time. Okay. They're pretty pale. Yeah. I think they'll be chewy. Okay. So you need to go a couple more shades. 
Okay, back in. All right, taste again. Yeah, I really like that tarragon note. Mm-hmm. Minty almost or fennel mm-hmm. or something. Fennel, yeah. Oh, we've now done a cream soup, so. Yay! I think mine's done. Oh my gosh, okay. My soup is definitely done. It tastes delicious. Good. Yeah, I like mine. It's really good. It's waiting on my crisps. Mine are trying to come back up to temperature to start cooking again. Which means Gretchen's back in front of the door. Yeah. The oven door. In a crouch. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yes. Well, the one, the crisps I took out of the oven and then put back in, it's like getting some real interesting like bubbles around the edge. Ooh. Okay. Might have to report on the differences between the pull them out and be done with it or leave them in the oven for a few, like take them out and then put them back in for a few minutes. The twice baked. Twice baked. This might be something exciting. I am turning mine around because all of them look good except for one. Probably a good idea. I pulled my crisps. Okay. I'm about to pull my retoasted red ones. Oh, uh, the one that looked really underdone before still looks really underdone. <laughs> <laughs> Refusing to grow up. No, uh, yeah. Well, I don't blame it. <laughs> mm, the soup is so good. Yeah, the soup is really good. Yeah, this one, it's not done. All right, moving it over to this area. That sec- other one cooked very quickly, although it was further along than this guy. Come Come on! <laughs> You're the last holdout! I suppose we don't have to keep going until the very bitter end. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Tastes good so far. Probably will continue to taste good. This soup is phenomenal. This is such a beautiful green. It tastes so fresh and delicious. I love it. I am impressed. I gotta say, I am one over to the putting, adding lettuce to soup thing. Who knew? I, not me. <laughs> not me, of course. That's it. That's it. I think We're sending so. oh, everyone wait. home. I think, uh, hold on. So it definitely has a more toasty flavor. Maybe slightly burnt. Oh, look at how pretty yours are. Lovely. Thank you. Very nice. A little oh. crispy. Mine might be yeah. a little over, but that's mm. good. Parmesan crisps are something you kind of have to feel your way through a little bit. So. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I went too long. But Just slightly too long. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. probably that 30, 30 seconds you left the room. That it was like, <laughs> I'm done now. Bye. <laughs> okay. Well, Delicious. Thank, you. thank you all for joining us. But we now invite you to get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. We're tired. Thanks for coming. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Highgluttony.com. We're doing our best yeah. to stay on the website. Sorry. But it's, it's now devolved into just resources. So... <laughs> No comments. No comments. It's too long since I, we did the recordings. So, But give us a comment. Tell your friends about us. Follow us. Like. Subscribe. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Off we Off go. Bye.